Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. This is the sixth, I believe, in a series of Hunger and Thirst, and um, I'm sorry you're going to have to look up verses in your own Bibles this Sunday because we won't have them up here, but that's all right. Um, <clears throat> we're talking about, about hunger and thirst, how we are created as people to hunger and thirst for God. The problem with that is we usually are filling that hunger and filling that thirst with a number of other things besides God. But he has called us to, do, to be ones who do that. So even imagine as we hunger and thirst for praise. That's what today, the message about today is, that we hunger and thirst for praise. If you want to turn with me to Luke 19, please, 28 through 44. And whatever translation you have it in, I'll be reading it in the New King James Version. And like I said before, this is Palm Sunday, and so Jesus is going back and forth from Bethany to Jerusalem, and this is the, it's on this path that he curses the fig tree as an um, example um, for him prophetically speaking to the place that Jerusalem was, preaching in Jerusalem during the day, and because he knew once he spent an entire day in Jerusalem, he would be crucified. So he's going back and forth, not saying that Jesus was afraid, but he knew that there was a timing that he was going to have to stay there overnight. The first night that he decides to stay in Jerusalem and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane is the day that he is, he's crucified. But he comes in and he's fulfilling the prophecy that he should arrive not riding on a on a steed, on a, uh, a, a champion of an animal, but he comes on a foal and on a donkey that he finds. Um, and so at 28, I'll start, after Jesus had said this, um, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at a hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and Jesus and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven 
and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemy will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Jesus, so wonderful that he enters into Jerusalem this way and that some could praise him and some couldn't. Has anybody ever seen an award show? You know, Grammys, Emmys, Oscars, when people get up there and they say, you know, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or I want to thank God, I want to... I've thought about how that feels hollow to me. And it's not because of me wanting to judge what people's relationships are with God. I think it's because it is easy to praise God in that situation. Right? You're at the pinnacle of achievement. You're in a place where you're receiving all of your laurels and all of your roses and, and people are confirming and affirming the gift that you had in your heart. It, it's, a, it's wonderful. It's easy to praise God there. But the reason why I think it feels hollow is because what does it even add to us when we do it at that moment? We may receive thanks from people who say, amazing, you love God, now we know it. But what I really want to talk about today is not even just our hunger and thirst for praise, but how do you praise in a delay? You know, when nothing is happening. Because apparently everything that is seen is made from what is unseen. So every single situation that you are waiting to see it work out, whether it's health-wise, whether it's financially, whether it's relationally, whether it's some other kind of way, marriage, whatever it may be, you are waiting for something to work out. That is actually where your faith is being built. It is not being built at the pinnacle of praise it is not being built at the place when everyone knows exactly what you have done and how you're talented and gifted and all these things have happened. May I say that our faith is actually built when nothing is happening, when it's all delay and all another moment to wait and all what if you just give them, you know, a couple more minutes. God is the person who's coming and they text you and they're like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> Ten minutes later. I'll be there in ten minutes. It's like, come on, man. Just tell me how much time you actually need. That he's always delaying. What is your problem, God? You're always delaying. And even we see in this passage that not everyone accepted that this was Jesus, the coming king, as we thought. Even we talked about a couple weeks ago how John said, are you the one to come or should we expect another? Because he's like Jesus. You're supposed to have an Uzi when you come. You're supposed to restore the kingdom of God, right? You're supposed to kill all the Romans and replace their rule with God's rule, right? That's what it's supposed to look like. 
But no, you come riding on a foal, not even a a big donkey. (laughs) You came on a baby donkey, humble, to praise. You didn't come trampling bodies and enemies. It, It seems that your kingdom is being delayed. And Jesus is saying, even the rocks will cry out in praise. I think there's something about that, that we have a tendency to praise and thank God when we can see what things look like. And I think there is a hollow ring to that, that praise. Because we can all see it. Yeah, I know. It's what it looks like. It it doesn't take a genius to tell you what this city looks like. It looks like division. It looks like violence. It looks like corruption. It looks bad. It looks bad. That doesn't take you a, a genius to parrot those same narratives. But what it does take is for us prophetically as a people to say, what is God doing in this city? He is unifying. He is bringing people together. Look around you. He is one that is pulling pure hearts into the city. He's the one that's called us to love and to embrace in a great way. We have to realize that our praise works best before the party. It works before everything has been worked out. It works when I'm having a bad day. It works I just get tired sometimes of my soul running the show. I get really tired of my soul running the show, right? Because if my soul doesn't feel good, then I don't feel good, and I don't think God is for me. Just My soul is not good, so I'm not. I, I think the way that we are supposed to walk in life is our spirit is supposed to talk to our soul, And then our soul talks to our body. Our spirit says, why soul are you downcast? Trust in God. And our soul says to our body, why are you downcast? Trust in God. But you know, it usually goes the opposite way. Whatever way we feel is the way we believe the state of our spirit is. We stand on the truth of who God has called us to be. And praise works the best in delay. This is why I come in here, no matter what kind of week that I have, and you may go, oh, you know, he's just an optimist. I I wasn't born an optimist, I don't think. (laughs) But maybe I was. (laughs) But I think it is through that, praising God through everything and knowing that the enemy can't take that from me. Imagine. Everything in your life is removed. What do you have left? The disciples were good going wherever they went because you can put me, excuse my language, I mean, it's not a bad word. You can put me butt naked in the cell and I still got Jesus. What what can you take from me? What can you do to me? And we go through life kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and embracing for something bad that's going to happen when, when all in reality it is, is the enemy forming a weapon. 
No weapon formed against you will prosper. But the, it, but the weapon is going to be formed. Yeah, this cat is sharpening it. Yeah. He's sharpening it. You like, you, some of the sparks are hitting you. You're like, ah, ah. He's sharpening it, but it's not going to prosper. It's not going to work. That's when us praising Jesus for what he has continued to work out for thousands of years. I don't know if you're a young earth or a late earth, so I'll say thousands of years. And that can include millions too, if you would like. What he has continued in your life, what has he worked out every single time? He works it out. But we st- I don't know, God. I don't know. This time, I don't know if you're going to do it. So what I'm saying is, be a hipster. In a place where hipsters were literally born, Humble Park. And you're like, what do you mean by be a hipster? I mean, be an early adopter. You know what I'm saying? What is the greatest phrase that a hipster says is, I was listening to them a long time ago. You know, <laughs> I was in that into that way before anybody else was. This is the way praise is. We we have to dig into it before it's popular. Before everybody is going to go, oh man, I see what you saw there. I see you saw some promise. This is why it can be hard when we are waiting to get married sometimes, right? Because you're marrying. For potential, a lot of times, you're going, I see some, you know, my wife really had to see some potential in me. (laughs) I used to wear, you know, ties with sweatpants, you know what I'm saying? And I walked everywhere. I didn't really have a sense, not that I have a whole bunch of sense now, but I had some sense. But it, it, it was like she had to, you know, you look at me and squint and go, okay, all right. His heart is good. Bless his heart which is the southern term for you effing idiot. <laughs> I'm not saying she said that. <laughs> She's not here. I miss her. That's all I want you to, to take from that. <laughs> Praise works before we go to the party, and we love, and love always goes first. I love God, so I praise him for what he has done, knowing that in the midst of delay, he is doing something that I can't see. And if we can be okay with that delay, if we, if we can be okay with what we can't see and praise him anyway, then we know that the moment that we're, not, that we're being built is not at the moment on the stage. That's not when you're being built. You're being built in the dark. When the doctor is telling you something you don't want to hear, and, and your healing or your step in this direction of wholeness is being delayed again. God, what the, what is going on? But we love him because he first loved us. But praise works before the party. Why are you downcast on my soul? I will praise God for who he is. 
And if you missed Matt's message last week, woo-wee, Matt went in. It was good. And I haven't posted it, so I apologize about that. Um, But he talked about worship and worship throughout the Bible and throughout history and how that's all God desires from us. Does he need it? No. Does he desire it? Yes. Same thing with praise. He doesn't need it, but he desires it. Why? Because it does something to us when we worship the one who is worthy. My problems, I start to get smaller and smaller, and I start to worship a God who is bigger and bigger. I praise you, God, from the depths of my soul. This is the very spirit that Psalms was written in. In the depths of losing a child, in the depths of losing all the things that you thought you had and you could go for it, it's like, God, this is crazy. David, in the midst of sin and pain and having someone killed, finding a way to praise the Lord because he loves us. But even creation waits with eager expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. In Romans 8, 22 through 25, says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly, eagerly for adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. The rocks crying out and groaning. Praise will have the effect of making you thankful for delay. Imagine that, being thankful for what is not happening. Let me tell you, I love how God, you know, gives us a message, and then he really teaches us something. Let me tell you about my drive from hell from Florida uh, two days ago. (laughs) It takes 13 hours, which is a long time, right, with five kids. It takes a long time. Imagine if it took 20 hours instead, driving back, and we are sitting in traffic for an extra six hours, seven hours, going nowhere. I've never seen so many wrecks in my life. I always get to see the most wrecks I've ever seen in Florida. I don't know why it was about that place, but I mean, it was flipped over trucks, and it wasn't raining yet, and a storm was coming. This was before the storm. Things flipped over. It was horrible. So we're we're driving, and we're delayed, and we're delayed, and we're delayed, and we finally get to just outside of Indiana, right outside of Indianapolis. And we're driving, all of a sudden I see um, sheetrock in the road. And I see, I'm like, did a truck flip over? Is sheetrock everywhere? Oh no, this tornado had gone right across the highway. That if we weren't delayed, we would have been right there at that time. And it looked like someone had taken these buildings and crumpled them up and just sprinkled them 
on a high, it's sheetrock everywhere. It's, it's um, sheet metal. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Whiteland, Indiana. And I go, oh God, I am thankful for that delay. But it never feels like that. It never feels like I'm, I can be really thankful for a delay. I'm pissed off. I'm frustrated. I'm anxious. I'm like, what are you doing, God? I mean, I obviously know the right timing, right? But no, I don't. And I'm like, can you, can you put me in that car with a different attitude? But the funny thing is, is all we did was what we always do, which is praise God and worship God and pray all the way through our trip. But I look at that delay much differently. But we don't all the time remember that when our next delay comes. You go, what are you, you're not arriving the way I thought you would arrive. You're on this slow donkey. <laughs> and I need you to be on a stallion. <laughs> you know? He's like, I need you to be dipping, Lord. What is, what's going on? I, I posit that when we thank God for something that we can see, it's already too late. It's already too late to build our faith through it. That it is the unseen things that have not quite happened. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't thank God, right? But what I mean, the real meat of our walk happens in this constant delay. Constant, can I praise you? And have it not be centered on what is in my bank account. Have it not be centered on everything being perfect and peaceful because that day is never coming and delay will always happen. There will always things that are being pushed off into the future. You're like, God, help me add to my faith because my soul is not running the show. My spirit is the spirit that calls to the deep with God. And I'm like, dang, God, do I really have to restart my relationship with you every single time something happens? I'm like, I restart all over again. And I go, when I get into a good place, then I know. But he works when we can't see anything. I heard this amazing quote from Maya Angelou. She was being interviewed, and she told this young man to take out his notepad and write this down. And it's very simple. She said, every storm runs out of rain. Every storm runs out of rain that no storm can possibly last forever. You're in the midst of it, and it feels like it's going to last forever. But no storm can last forever. So if I can look back and be thankful, I go and praise God and know that he didn't come the way I thought he was going to come and the timing he was going to come, then maybe I could just raise my hands now 
and praise him for what hasn't happened. Well, that sounds like you're faking it. It sounds like you're making things up. It's I'm being thankful and praising him for all that he's done and knowing that, guess what? This delay is going to be worked out. And I'm going to forget about it, and I'm going to go into another delay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm always waiting for an acceptance letter. I'm always waiting for that job offer. I'm always waiting for this person to call me back. I'm always waiting for this check to come. I'm always, there's plenty of delay that can cause us anxiety in the middle of life. There's something about placing it in his hands and reminding not God who he is, but reminding ourselves who he is. I will yet praise you, Lord. I will cry out to you. Psalm 22 and 3 from David. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. Literally, you are enthroned in the praises of your people. What the heck does that mean? It means that uh, everybody put your hands up, like straight up in the air. The way I like to think of it, right? Palm Sunday, right? Your palms. You got your palms, right? We're praising God. We got our hands up, and we know we're worshiping because we're all making a W, right? Okay, we're worshiping, right? Your hands are up. You know what God does? He comes and sits down. He's enthroned in the praises of his people. You can put your hands down now. We have to, this is it's Palm Sunday, right? He is enthroned in the praises of his people. We make a seat for God. And he comes. Doesn't that sound way better than delay, right? <laughs> you praise me and I come and sit down. You start talking about who I am, and I show up. You start sharing the gospel with others, and here I am. When two or three are gathered, I am in the midst of who you are. Yeah, come on, Sage, we got it. Let's go. I am in the midst of who you are. When you are praising me, not because I need it, but because I know you need it. And just try it anytime. And you're going to, you know what I'm saying? I'll be like praising God in my house, praying in the morning. And I'm like, can, can anybody see me? I don't, you know, because <laughs> it feels so odd and nothing is happening. It's just six o'clock in the morning and I'm praising God for something I don't know is, is going to happen or may not happen. I don't care. He's worthy. Enthroned in his praises. That as we make a seat for him, he's like, ooh-wee, yeah, they got it now. I'm showing up. I'm not going to be as fickle as a pickle anymore and continue to let my life be controlled by what's happening externally in my environment. Let my soul be praising the Lord. Let all of my body praise him. Because...